by the Suffolk Crime Stoppers, 1-800-220-TIPS, 220-8477. All calls kept confidential and rewards of up to $5,000. Information uh, that would lead to an arrest. Joe Jacklin, of course, retired NYPD sergeant. He's a former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, current adjunct professor. And John J. Collins, author of the bestseller, The Criminal Investigative Function, The Guy for New Investigators, third edition, highly Decorated member in his day of the NYPD. I would include the Department Medal of Valor. And uh, we say a very good morning to the Sarge. We got a lot of fireworks out there, and it ain't legal. I mean, that's a big spike, huh? 400-plus percent over uh, over a year ago. I, I guess people have to let off some steam, but they also got to be very careful here. Illegal fireworks, uh, and some in some cases, could be a felony, right? Well, it depends on how much, but the problem is, is that, you know, they're flowing through New York City, and New York City's having a huge problem with the fireworks, too. You know, places like New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and even upstate New York, I believe, uh, where fireworks are legal, they're being trafficked down here at, uh, at an alarming rate. So, yeah, they've had some serious issues in New York City, so... It's not a big surprise that Long Island would face the same kind of problem. And, of course, they're doing them all hours of the night, right, so nobody's sleeping and, every, and everything else. So there's demonstrations out of Gracie Mansion, uh, you know, up 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, beeping their horns at the mayor and, and saying that if we can't sleep, you can't sleep. So it, things are getting rather interesting in this country. I mean, uh, one thing after another. thing indeed, and, you know, the back and forth, I just... Kind of went off a little bit. Uh, House Democrats, you know, passing uh, or, yeah, with the vote at least. I mean, obviously it's not going to pass in the Senate, but, you know, the policing bill, uh, whatever you want to call it, the Justice Act. uh, You know, it seems like on all the categories, uh, they're somewhat close, but no cigar as far as everybody in agreement. What else is new, right? I was kind of just going over uh, checking police misconduct records where Dems, would create this national police misconduct registry, but they do not have an explicit requirement that it is to be checked by agency during the process of hiring, instead mandating that new hires be accredited with the state. Joe, where you have Republicans, Bill, would explicitly require that law enforcement agencies check the database for an applicant's misconduct history before hiring them. I mean, why wouldn't Democrats want that? I mean, if there are any flags uh, in anybody's past, uh, it needs to be looked upon. I mean, the one thing you don't want and the one thing we have learned over the years is get the Derek Chauvins out of the situation of a hiring process. That's the whole idea here, no? Well, yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing. I mean, the background checks are pretty extensive when you go and trying to get into the police department. So I can't understand why we... We would need such a thing anyway if somebody's been fired for misconduct or what have you. I guess the problem comes down to if somebody resigns from the police department, it doesn't go down, uh, you know, in their record as uh, you know something terrible. Somebody could just say, "I resigned." You know, the police department it just wasn't for me, and and nobody would really question that. So I think that they they're on a track to do something right, but like everything else, nobody can agree on anything. Uh, everybody's always fighting, and no, but nothing ever gets done. And and that's part of the problem. But something, you know, and, and they always fail to ask the people who work in the industry or the profession 
about how they think this should go. They just, you know, they think that they know everything they take upon themselves to do it, and everything always gets messed up. Uh, you know, I just scratch my head when I read any of this stuff because I think half of it could be fixed in the matter of minutes if they just talk to the right people. And they gotta, they got to talk to one another here. You know, that's, that's the problem that we have all over the place. There is, there is no discussion anymore. There's no negotiation. Here's the bill. Let's vote. Pass it along. You know it's going to be denied, and here we go again. Nothing ever gets done. And that's what it is. They make it so partisan, it makes you sick. It really does. That's how it is right now. It is so partisan, and there is such dislike for the man sitting in that Oval Office that they say, you know what? No satisfaction here, not getting it done. And that's what happens. What can I tell you? And you know who suffers? All of us suffer. Because that's why we elect officials. We elect people so that they can. It's an extended voice of all of us. And that's how they they get things done, but they can't get it done because they hate each other. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. Really, it's terrible. Anyway, uh, the bill, Tim Scott did a nice job. The senator from South Carolina they're close on a lot of topics, Joe, but, uh, you know, it's it's a tough one when the, you don't have that negotiation in place. So we'll see what happens. Senate will deny it, and here we go again. Now, speaking of police and everything else, there is so much going on right now, anti-police. Did you see that nonsense during the week at City Hall? They want a billion dollars taken out of I mean, it's unbelievable as far as what's happening in and around New York City here. Uh, let's just, I tell you what, let's take all the police away and see what you got left, Joe. Isn't that a good idea? <laughs> yeah, that's no, a great idea. I mean, uh, eventually people are just going to give them what they want because that's the way the, the you know, the political winds are, are, are blowing in this respect. But, you know, across the wire today on the New York in the New York Post, they said more protesters are even joining the occupation of City Hall Park, demanding a billion-dollar defunding of the NYPD. And, and if you read the article, it goes on about, you know, where they were trying to make cuts. They, they're talking about laying off 22,000 municipal workers. And they need, New York City is beyond broke, but they, they seem to have a lot of money for these pet projects that they're talking about. So I, I don't know. They're, you know, it, it's absolute insanity what's happening right now. And, you know, there was a there was a homicide on Fifth Avenue and 26th Street last night. I mean, when was the last time you heard about a homicide on Fifth Avenue and 26th Street? I mean, you're talking, you know, right in the heart near Midtown Manhattan and, and everything else. So things are, are definitely changing, uh, not for the better. Just You start to hear these things, Jay, and you kind of like scratch your head and wonder what's going to happen there. Yeah, let's just take it away. Look what happened in Chicago last weekend, Joe. A hundred, let's see now, the number was 106. That was, that's worth 106. This was a record for the Windy City. Now, we know... We know it is a war zone there, okay? And no one's saying, no one's talking about it. Well, you know what? I, I was thinking about this last week. Where's Al Sharpton? Where's Jesse Jackson? When it comes to black on black murders, it is through the roof, okay? In Chicago, 106 shootings. Weekend, three year old killed in a crossfire. 14 murders. Another record number there. Weekend, folks. 14 well, and, and 106. And, 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 well, Jay, I mean, if you look at it, too, Minneapolis had 111 people shot since the incident happened uh, with Floyd. Chicago had over 100 people shot, like you said, 14 dead in, in that. Detroit had uh, four dead and 25 wounded in the weekend. And New York City had 125 shootings so far this month with 12 homicides. 
And Baltimore had the young, I think, a three-year-old murdered with her mother in the car. Uh, you know, the, these things are happening not just in Chicago. They're happening in many places. And I can tell you, uh, and, and they're, they're trying to do the same thing with the LAPD, too. So you, you might have a serious crime wave happening over the next, you know, within the next five years where people will then scratch their heads and wonder what happened. And I always I encourage people, you know what, like, look at what your politicians are saying on social media and just, just take screenshots of those because in, the, in two or three years, if this thing turns bad, they're the first ones that will be going back and deleting posts and saying, I never said that and the like. I mean, it's, just, it's absolutely outrageous what's going on, and, and nobody seems to care. Yeah, because police departments know they, they do not have the support of their bosses, mayors, governors, uh, criticism. Over and over and over again. What does that do for morale? Uh, I'll tell you what it does for morale. I mean, you look what happened in Atlanta after that shooting a couple of Fridays ago where people called in sick and everything else. Listen, big problem. Shootings in the city are spiking beyond belief. The latest figures I have here, 448 of them compared with 329 same period last year. That's a 36% increase. The number of those wounded this year has jumped to 531 from 373, same period last year, 42.4% increase. You get the idea of what I'm talking about here, okay? You get the idea, Joe, and I'll tell you, and I think you commented on it. I read a quote from you, and Dermot Shea, I mean, what are you going to do here? You know, Shea's decision to do away with the plainclothes anti-crime units, tell the folks, you're right there, you've lived and breathed there for 20-plus years. Tell the folks how vital it is to have an anti-crime unit in place, plain clothes. Go ahead, Joe. Sure. I mean, it is. Uh, it, it acts as a deterrent uh, for people carrying firearms. And if you look at the shooting spike, it, yes, I know people say it is way too early to tell about it. But you know what? The, last Monday when it happened, when they disbanded it, the shootings were up over 400-something percent. You know, the, the issue that comes down to is that uh, you know, police matter. You know, they, 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 in the respect of reducing crime and reducing people carrying illegal firearms. You know, and instead of trying to tweak the units and try to figure out, you know, how they can go about a better job, maybe reducing the amount of uh, officer-involved shootings they're in or the, the amount of complaints against them, because that's what they cited and the reason why you disband them. Instead of trying to fix that, you know, they just went about disbanding it, and now. Uh, people who, you know, carry illegal firearms because, you know, here's a spoiler alert, right? Bad guys don't follow the rule, the laws and the rules anyway. So now you've removed the, the last deterrent, right? You got rid of stop, question, and frisk, and now you got rid of this. What is the what is the deterrent? And you know what? Even if you get caught, you're going to be out on bail and nobody's going to jail. So there's a confluence of things that are happening here. And it is, uh, you know, none of it is going to, you know, end well. And it's, it's unfortunate because, like I said, the people who make these decisions or the people who demand these decisions to be made don't live in the communities that will be affected most by it. Without question. And uh, listen, folks, you're listening to a guy, 20 years, Department Medal of Valor and everything else. The Sarge well, knows the deal. He has been within the confines of it for two-plus decades. He is telling and, uh, you, you know, the truth here. Go ahead. And, and you know, and, and the years that I worked, I mean, we're talking 1992 has started. So New York was before New York, you know, the high watermark. So I saw how bad things were, and I saw how good things gotten. And I, I can't understand why, um, you know, instead of trying to fix certain aspects of it or try to come up with a with a remedy to prevent 
you know, like you said, the wrong hires or the or ops who just don't know how to talk to people and, and, and rack up, uh, uh, you know, civilian complaints or, you know, what do you do with somebody who has a lot of use of force complaints? Instead of fixing all those things, we're just going to disband and, dis- and defund. Um, I think we're, we're treading on some serious thin ice here. A question, without question, big time problems. Uh, we see the numbers; uh, they are real. Joe Jacklin on the Crime Report. Joe, let's go to the Akbar Rogers case. Uh, six months passed now, right? Where Rogers uh, said he was beaten and injured by Village Police during his arrest. It was on video, captured by a neighbor. Uh, still, you have the Nassau County DA's investigation of the arresting officers. Uh, still, somewhat incomplete. Remember, the officers pulled this uh, 45-year-old Akbar Rogers over a backyard fence of a home. Uh, early December, it was. Subdued him with punches, kicks, tasers, shots. Screamed for the help he did. And uh, charged, I believe he was charged with felony assault there. So there's a lot of back and forth now as far as uh, what's going on here. But uh, I know yesterday he spoke outside of the DA's office in Nassau County. And uh, I, I would say more to come here regarding this Akbar Rogers case, Joe. No, absolutely. And a lot of cases now are going to be reinvigorated. Uh, anything that was within the last three to six months, I think this happened in December, I think, if, if I was if I'm correct. Uh, you know, they're going to get scrutinized now uh, and a lot of different things where prosecutors are going to be looking uh, through all these these cases and seeing if there's anything that warrants a file charges. I think that's. I think that's where we're headed on a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, we're going to wait and see what happens here. Without question. Uh, let's move to the Suffolk jails. Uh, I was reading they're going to get some visitors. So I'm glad the inmates will get visitors. Did somebody forget our seniors as far as getting visitors in those nursing homes? Oh, I forgot. Uh, they are the more vulnerable to COVID. So let's just let them sit alone uh, and stare at a window. 24-7. But you know what? Let's get the uh, inmates to have some visitors there. So there, that's where we are right now. Jail, uh, the jails will get visitors, Joe, in Suffolk County. Yeah, well, like I said, it just, um, you know, everybody was worried about, you know, the, the virus. And you, if we're seeing spikes, this is probably not a good population to open it up to. Because if you're seeing spikes or you don't know, I mean, People who we've seen uh, who are institutionalized, whether it's in old age homes, correction facilities, uh, there's a high risk of, of spread. So, I, I, you know, this this is a, this is a puzzling move on, on, on a couple of fronts. Yeah, uh, no question about it. But uh, certainly that is uh, going to be the case. Joe Jacklin, the crime report. A couple of more for you, Joe. MS-13. Uh, back uh, in the news, uh, as far as uh, an individual, 17-year-old, alleged member with a plea of not guilty uh, to the February slaying of a man who authorities said was fatally bludgeoned. I remember the case very well in Newcastle, Joe. Uh, and this was a guy slated to testify against gang members who tried to kill him uh, in year 2018. So you have a 10-count indictment here against this guy. Uh, a murder count, attempted murder counts, and everything else here. So... Uh, this was a focal point, if you remember, of the bail reform and everything else as far as that information that was leaked, allegedly. You had a lot of back and forth going on here, but this was the case. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also investigations and people are calling out, uh, you know, that both Nassau and Suffolk Police Departments were in constant contact with ICE during the MS-13 investigation. So, I mean, that doesn't uh, 
you know, surprised me that they would be referring to ICE because uh, many of the people that they, uh, you know, are rounding up here with the Senate 13 are undocumented. So it's, that's not so much a surprise. So I'm just wondering where that kind of investigation is headed and who's kind of spearheading that. So it, it's um, things are, you know, like they're very tenuous right now because you had MS-13, you know, on its heels. I mean, they were doing a great job. Now all this stuff that's going on, I mean, does it continue, uh, you know, as as much as it was before? I don't know. And then you let your foot off the gas here. I mean, things blossom back up in, in a matter of months. Yeah, without question. Uh, let's go to this. This is a disturbing story of a 32-year-old Brentwood man. He's facing 25 years in prison. Uh, broke into home. He grabbed a seven-year-old girl from her bed as she slept. This uh, Peter Houghton, 32-year-old from Brentwood. And thank goodness the girl's family uh, intervened, thwarted his attempt, uh, screams for help, and were able to intervene this seven-year-old. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, that could have been a very uh, dicey situation there in Brentwood. Well, can you imagine that's a, every parent's nightmare, no matter where you live, uh, something like this could happen. But, but uh, you know, we're glad that nothing really terrible happened. But you know what? The, this 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 child could have some deep psychological issues because of it, too. So I hope they get her the help that she needs. Now, Joe, finally, you know, and this is what I say with investigations, folks. Let them play out. Let's not rush the judgment here. But it did play out in uh, in Georgia, and those three guys are – uh, going to have some indictments there and some big-time charges stuck to them. Uh, talking about the Armand Aubrey case, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, kid who was jogging and shot uh, by uh, three white guys, and uh, one of those guys was a law enforcement for 30 years at uh, Greg McMichael there. So, you know, that's what we all say, you know, as far as investigations, let it play out and everything else. Not what Paul Howard did in Atlanta uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. So uh, you know you got to let these things play out. Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't television where you have forty five minutes with investigations and arrest and with three commercials. I mean, these cases take a long time to put together. If you want them done right, people have to be patient. And you know, in in listen, the criminal justice system isn't perfect, but it's 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 probably you know the best in the world. Uh, and you have to sometimes just let. Things take its course. Uh, investigations, proper investigations, cost time and money. And, you know, if you give people the opportunity to do the right thing, they will. So you, you can't put people on, you can't put the criminal justice system, you know, under the gun, so to speak, to try to force uh, a case because we've seen what happens. You know, we saw it in Baltimore with the Freddie Gray incident where that thing fell apart. If you, if you force these things, things, things go bad, and then everybody wonders what happened. Yeah, without, without a doubt. Last one, uh, Joe, is uh, the Suffolk County Legislature approving a package of bills aimed at reforming CPS, Child Protective Services. This is in response to the death of the 8-year-old Thomas Valva. Uh, back in January, the kid who died of hypothermia forced to spend the night in a garage, 19 degrees there in Cinema Riches, um, by the uh, uh, horrendous so-called father of his and his girlfriend, uh, you know what? Uh, good, good. It's, it's almost like a day late and a dollar short here. You know, uh, if if we have the caseloads the way they were for some of these individuals who work in CPS, uh, we should have realized this a long time ago. Uh, you know, you want to have a team handle cases involving kids with autism and other disabilities. 
uh, who are more likely to be abused, that's fine. But really, it's about caseloads. You can't have somebody have 16 caseloads and everything else. Let's do something about it until something happens and something did happen, and now we're looking at it. So it's a shame where we could have gotten this together way back. I sound like an armchair quarterback, but my goodness, how many times did CPS go to that home and walk away as if nothing was going on there, Joe? Terrible. Well, I mean, you're right, Jay, and here's the here's the other thing. Every time we've had a terrible incident, whether it's in New York City or elsewhere, you all say the same thing, too much, too many cases per investigator. We need to do something about it. Uh, so one thing that I learned through my career is that when you're dealing with CPS or Bureau of Child Services, whatever you want to call it, they are understaffed for sure, and the issue that comes down to is that they just hope that nothing happens. And I always say, hope is not a plan. And when it does happen, the world comes collapsing down on everybody, and it's just uh, it's not fair to the children, and it's not fair to the public that has to deal with the consequences of the fallout afterwards. No question. A lot of fault going on here with this uh, Valva kid. Uh, Joe, you stay well. We'll talk to you next week. You too. Have a great weekend. All right. The great Joe Jacklow and the Sarge.